My biggest surprise was the removal of the non-conforming mm. use. That's huge in this market. That was the biggest blow. And I think that's the one that everyone's most concerned about in my marketplace anyways, because there's thousands. Welcome to The Flow, real estate and money show. For people in Canada looking to understand the home buying process, to demystify real estate investing, and to make mortgage financing accessible for anyone. The goal here on this show is to help people understand ways to make their money work for them, get in the market sooner, and realistically, completely open up the box on how mortgage financing works. I'm Alex McFadden, your host, and I can't wait to help get you into the flow. Give me a break. That was the response from BC's Premier, David Eby, when asked about the impact of short-term rentals on long-term rental rates. Interesting response to hear from a premier when considering a news publication on a major issue that has rocked the core of British Columbia real estate and divided people left to right. What am I talking about? Well, as of October of 2023, the NDP government in BC has announced new legislation which is going to take effect in early 2024, specifically in the spring, that will actually reduce or eliminate short-term rentals such as Airbnb, VRBO, and the like from circulation. Absolutely crazy. That's the only way to describe it for most of the people that we spoke to, and not even just people who owned our Airbnb properties, but from those who frequent them. So Amanda, how you been sleeping lately? Have I been sleeping? <laughs> Not too bad. There's been a little loss of sleep, but yeah, it's it's interesting times. Definitely is. Thanks so much for hopping on and jumping into this call so quickly, especially last minute with all of the fun and exciting news and changes in this mortgage and real estate world. Why not throw another one in the mix? It feels like uh, bomb after bomb from the NDP. And this time we're going after this short-term rental. So it was really important for me to have you join us with our previous relationship and history. You run a whack load or uh, up until now you've run a whack load of Airbnbs, short terms, executive rentals, design, you name it. So you got your hands in a little bit of everything. And along with uh, some of the other folks in the Kelowna market are one of the top performers up there. One of the people that I know a lot of people rely on for information. So at this point, we already know what the suggestions mm -hmm. are, what the proposals are right now. What are people asking you? What are the questions that you're going to ask the most today, Amanda? I'm getting phone calls from uh, individual property owners and from other property management companies. And I'd say the biggest question is, what are we doing to advocate? What are we doing? How are we trying to solve this problem? You know, and I think the, the best answer to that is um, putting your voice out there, pen down, reaching out to the city uh, council members and the mayor and uh, putting forth any information that you have. Um, and, and points that we all have as to why we need the short-term industry, a short-term rental industry to prevail here in Kelowna. Mm. Well, all over in the province. In the entire province, yeah. Well, as we know, the Okanagan is high, highly desirable from a tourism perspective, wine country, lakes, hikes, you name it. And since COVID, it's become a epicenter for not just tourism, but also people moving to the area and the location. Do you think that if these proposals go through as presented, do you think this could have any impact on just generally speaking, the local economy over and above the, the Airbnb factor? 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, the, of course, companies like mine will be out of business. A lot of individuals will lose additional revenue on their properties, but I can't even imagine how many people are going to possibly foreclose on their homes because they're not going to be able to make their variable rate mortgage payments. And, you know, with, with putting these units long-term, there's going to be a shortfall on almost every single owner's back financially to cover these mortgages. And I don't think that they'll sell for what's left owed on the, on the mortgages as well. So I think it'll be catastrophic. Interesting. Well, that's uh, definitely interesting feedback and, and good to consider what the potential repercussions are. You mentioned earlier on in your comments that advocation was something that people should consider who have concerns over the potential impacts of not being able to do a short-term rental. What are some of the things that people can do when it comes to advocation? What are you suggesting people do? Write to your local council, write to the mayors, uh, to the mayors, to the mayor. Uh, we have, I have a contact information for every council member. It is online, but if you want the easy route, uh, Amanda at howtohost.ca, you can reach out to me and we can provide you with the contact information as well as any really important points that should be brought to the attention of council. Because sometimes things get forgotten and overlooked and it all comes down to perspective and certain people are looking at things one way and the others another way. And it's really important that collectively we come together and we share all of these thoughts so that there's a very broad idea of how bad this could really be. Okay, so let's go back to the actual act itself. Eliminating short-term rentals essentially across the board with the exception of primary residents. Do you have any idea, is there any count of how many properties are being rented that are a primary residence versus a certain investment property? Do you have any idea? I actually don't have that stat. I wish I did. What I can tell you is there's about 2,400 rentals operating in, in the Okanagan right now. O over half of them are illegal. I don't know the primary residence count though. Okay. And you mentioned right off the hop uh, that over half of them are illegal. So when you say that, what does that mean specifically when you refer to an illegal uh, Airbnb? Well, they're operating without a business license. And so my standpoint on all of this is that if we really want to explore whether or not eliminating the short-term rentals uh, outside of the principal residence, uh, short-term rentals will make a difference with the housing crisis. Let's start by eliminating those thousand of unlicensed properties and see if see what it does. Mm, that's a really interesting point. So you mentioned that one of the best course of action is for people to take a stance, to advocate, to talk to their mayor to see what's going on. Have you heard any feedback? It's been a couple of days since this news has come out. Have you heard any feedback from any sources as to whether or not there is anyone that is considering any alternative than just to go forward full bore with this uh, motion? I have, and it's all through the grapevine, so I really can't be quoted on anything. But actually, just before we got on this call, I was forwarded an email from uh, a response from two council members with the proposed changes that the city might be bringing forward. And I haven't had a chance to read them, but it does look like there will be some zones that are going to be maintained uh, as short-term rental allowed and others that won't. So I just, I haven't dug deep enough into uh, the letter to actually be able to answer the question thoroughly. Okay. Well, we look forward to the moment by moment updates that you're going to send us so we can add those to the episode as we go forward here, because clearly things are unfolding. One of the things that I believe is that in the case of adversity, there's always opportunity. And we know for a fact that there is nothing firm yet. Mm -hmm. There's proposals. It's supposed to take place next uh, year. We've got lots of times to sort time to sort this out. 
that being said, we know that a lot of people have instant reactions. Uh, do you see property values in this market being significantly impacted to your knowledge? I know you're not a real estate agent, but do you see property values being significantly impacted based on these proposals if they go through? Oh, sure. Well, I mean, I'm sure everybody will try and fire sell their property, right? Which will impact the price of the sales. Yeah, I see a whole world of things that, that are possible. Mm, yeah, definitely. What do you think about the idea that eliminating short-term rentals is going to significantly increase the amount of long-term stock and reduce uh, rental prices based on the information that you have? Can you unequivocally say that it's likely that long-term rental rates will go down significantly with this proposal if it goes through? No, I don't think so because the cost of carrying that mortgage isn't going to go down regardless of how a person is selling or renting their property out. The cost to carry it remains. So it's not like people can just offer smoke and deals to people that are looking for a long-term rental based on the fact that they can't short-term anymore. I mean, something else is going to have to be done, whether it's a sale, but there might be a shortfall on that sale price as well. I see it just being a very bad cocktail all around financially for a lot of people. Yeah. Well, listen, we know that your business has supported the short-term community. And I know personally, a lot of people who have had the chance to work to you, work with you side by side. And as a, a friend, obviously, I'm hoping that uh, there is some calmer heads that prevail and that we can find something in the middle for you and your business. Amanda, I'm going to make sure to put your notes, your contact information in the notes below. So if anybody has a short-term rental or they're interested in figuring out how to advocate, they can reach out to you and other people in this community that are willing to help. I really appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much. Yeah, you're so welcome. Thank you for having me. Perfect. Thanks, Amanda. I really appreciate that. Okay, fresh off the NDP change, as we talked about earlier, there's been a lot that's gone on recently. And as we talked about, NDP has essentially said that short-term rentals are no more unless it's your primary residence. So for the intention of really understanding the potential impact on the ground and how people are responding and what might actually come of this, we've got Dina here with Keys to Kelowna, and she's been running a, a variety of different types of property management related and or executive rentals for almost 20 years of history. Is that right? 20 Absolutely. years. So she's seen it all from the 2008 mm -hmm. to the boom, I assume, in 2020 to 2022 and a variety of other things in between. And now today's lovely news. Well, it's not today, but, you know, this most recent news. How are you feeling? I was shocked. I've been waiting patiently for this announcement. And I was quite surprised, actually. I've been watching markets globally with their uh, short-term rent rental regulations change multiple times. Some cities, like people are talking about New York a lot, but this isn't their first round. This is their second. And it's very varied, market-specific. But I figured I've kind of seen it all. Well, let's let's that. dig into that for a second. Very so spe specifically, what do you mean when you say non-conforming use? What exactly are you referring to and what type of people are most impacted here? So we have about 15 condo buildings and about 30 addresses in Kelowna that have the non-conforming use clause that allows short-term rentals in a space that maybe had been intended for residential. So condo buildings in those zones, not necessarily the commercial or the resort, like the tourist zoning, like we have in West Kelowna. 
So they have given permission to allow nightly rentals full-time all year with no restrictions. And that's the further restrictions would be dependent on what your strata is um, requesting. But that has now been wiped off the slate. There are hundreds of condos, about 467, I think, set to complete here in Kelowna summer of 2024. And those condos were sold on the pretense that these owners, investors, would have the option to allow um, nightly rentals. And currently, we have no idea. Oh, currently, how it's written, it looks like that is no longer available as an option. Crazy. And we have seven months to figure what? it out. <laughs> yeah, wild. In your mind, or I should no, not in your mind, but to your best of your knowledge right now, approximately how many units out there in the Kelowna area. So let's just say uh, Kelowna and West Kelowna, as opposed to the other regions, how many units are approximately full-time Airbnbs that you're aware of that the stats show? The stats show currently as of today, about 1700 active listings um, in the region. From my experience this past summer, there may have been about 2,400. Okay. And are those ones that are considered full-time or a lot of these owner-occupied where they're living in the house as well? A mix. Things are very seasonal here, so we'll see a huge swing. So that 2,400 that we saw this summer is now 1,700 that we're seeing this winter. And honestly, I think because the long-term rental market here is pretty flat, a lot of people are keeping their properties on the short-term rental market. They haven't been able That's to That's an interesting, very interesting news to hear. So what you just said there is that the, the long-term rental market has been relatively flat. And when you're saying that, I assume that you mean it hasn't been crazy or in, insane competitive or, or, or a higher amount of, or a high demand, amount of demand compared to previous years. But my understanding is that this type of uh, legislation is meant to kind of open up the long-term market. Is, is that your understanding? Absolutely. Right. Okay. I mean, we can go into what my opinion is on that, but I administrate a professional and Airbnb, not affiliated, uh, pro host Facebook group here. Uh, I'm a part of the real estate groups locally and everybody has the same sentiments. Are you really slow right now? I haven't been able to get rented. Is my price right? So there's a ton of inventory Gosh, on the market. Things are not moving. And the short-term rentals, to. I mean, it sounds like the short-term rental market is kind of similar to the real estate resale market as a whole right now, which is generally speaking, not as many people traveling or renting and not as many people buying right now, less money available. Uh, so with that being said, so you got about 1700 potential listings. You're not really too sure which, how many are, are full-time listings versus say people living in them. Hard to figure out that number out. Does anybody, has anybody given like a ballpark or uh, have they reported any general ideas what that could be? It's it's a challenge, you know, um, in the press conference, I think it, our premier was saying, you know, Airbnb is reporting zero and the province is thinking maybe 16,000. That's the problem. The KPIs are impossible to measure. Even the city of Kelowna, they're more using the measurement of time versus the data. It's really hard to capture the data. There's a lot of, um, like, even with my agency, we have pocket listings. They're not listed anywhere online. Um, so the inquiries that come through our website is kind of how we market some of these properties. I'll never see them posted online Got it. anywhere. So you wouldn't know so, they're available. Uh, so obviously there's different segments of the market that these Airbnbs fill. And it's, it's obviously not just Kelowna that's affected, but that's what you're closest to. So we're going to focus pretty much on that. And so my uh, understanding of the market is, is you kind of have a, a professional uh, who are working there, I would imagine, for periods of time. 
uh, there's obviously a lot of tourism. So whether that be families or or couples or single people moving or uh, traveling there. And and then there's also this kind of luxury segment I kind of skipped over, but there's a luxury segment right there. Uh, are you do you thinking that this is going to impact one segment more than another? If so, what could that be? That's a great question. I mean, with the non-conforming use clause being deleted in the Local Government Act, that one, that category already of the two-bed, two-bath condos was very saturated. I think that one will be the most impacted. There were thousands, let's say thousands of two-bed, two-bath condos that are in limbo at the moment. Luxury category, absolutely not. Uh, in fact, I've had a few people reach out already in the last couple of days looking to add their listings. So executive-wise, that's where another change is kind of a challenge. So typically a long-term rental is considered 30 days and over. So there was kind of a little bit of a workaround where you could have a furnished rental and you could offer it as an executive rental without any impact or being considered a short-term rental because it was more than 30 days. So we have, for example, right now, I have some biologists from the US. They're here to trap a particular animal to take it back and repopulate um, their region where this animal wow. is extinct. So first of all, they need a home. So because every night when they trap the animal, he comes back, he stays in the garage overnight, and then they take him back to the region hmm. where he belongs. That is a six week reservation. We weren't in the category of short term rentals, but now we are because they've also made changes to the definition under that this new British Columbia short term regulation act that short term accommodations are now so professional days or less. there so that impact. for 30 days at any time of the year yeah. are now reserved or basically you're not allowed to do that anymore and you have to go 90 days or alternatively what book a hotel mm -hmm. so the reason you're like well why how does that really affect me well you cannot advertise on the platforms like airbnb or verbo or even they're saying some classifieds unless you have this provincial registration number and you're only able to obtain that number if you have a primary residence or your principal residence is your short-term rental. So in order for me to rent to those biologists, I would have to use an owner's principal residence in order to qualify to advertise under hmm. 90 days. And, and I get it. I understand why, because there was a little bit of a loophole in that space. And I know it's devastated a few of my peers that do operate in that kind of midterm space where they didn't have the zoning to offer short-term rentals, but they only wanted to do furnished rentals for short periods of time. It's a huge market. I have specialized trades here to help build a particular building here in the city. We've got six contracts with them. They're from the East Coast. And there's no way that they could, first of all, afford their with their budget to afford to stay in a hotel for nine months, nor would they be able to furnish apartments, which is what people mm. did in the past. I mean, that's how I started my business professionally, was turning a, uh, a developer's furnished properties that he had bought and furnished for his trades into short-term rentals because he didn't he had so so basically not only is this this is obviously gonna have direct impact on on tourism and people being able to stay there from a, uh whether it's couples or whatever that might be uh it's a direct impact on on workers coming into the city who are coming in for 30 days or 45 days uh, perhaps not an impact on the luxury space which you've mentioned uh back to that in a minute here uh, I mean, it kind of leaves me wondering here, you know, of course, hotels being the other option, 
has the city provided, I mean, this isn't the city decision, but the city had to uh, act on whether or not they were going to vote for or at least suggest or propose this. Has the city at all come out and suggested why they might change the, the period or have they had any impact on that or what people might do? Have there been any any bits of feedback on what people could do? Not, not yet. It's still a bit early, which is why I'm telling everyone, like, pump the brakes, calm down. There's still time. I, I, again, you know, these act uh, doesn't take place until uh, May 1st. So we have seven months. I know the city of Kelowna actually have a meeting on Friday with a counselor who I'd like to hear their thoughts, but they're interested in hearing our thoughts um, to take a temperature check in that respect. But no, no one's really said anything. Everyone's been very hush hush which has been super surprising, but I'm sure we'll start to see those comments trickle out soon. What I've seen in other markets, I don't think it's really relevant because it is so region specific. We are very tourism heavy here in Kelowna, but we're also a big city now that does need a lot of, a variety of rental options. I mean, I feel like I hate saying this, but um, the hotel association president basically was dancing on our graves. <laughs> in the press release that she released this uh, week. Hmm. So, um, yeah, I, I feel like, the, you know, they're dinosaurs and they need to pivot their model. And if they were smart, yeah. they would uh, create like a So you're saying model. a government made a rule, but they didn't think it all out and come out with all of the understandings of what potentially people could do otherwise. Funny, uh, never seen that happen before. Uh, in any case, I, I do agree that obviously the hotel uh, and motel owners are going to win from this as a byproduct of this outcome. Though, uh, who knows how big of a hand they really had in it. I think they're just fortunate from that perspective. Um, the recourse, okay, they, they had influence for sure. I agree. <laughs> the recourse is what I'm curious about as well is in, in and, and it's not about me and what I think here, but what I foresee uh, potential outcomes are, are vast. You know, I, I gave it a couple examples uh, when I recently had, did a video about this. Uh, a family all over the Okanagan, uh, Summerland, all the way up to Kelowna, and I don't stay at their homes. They don't have place for me to stay, but I go visit them almost monthly, and I end up staying for a few extra days. And uh, 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 every time I stay in an Airbnb, and the first thing I thought about was, "Wow, I'm you know how frequently am I going to see my family now?" Uh, not only was it more cost efficient, but space, silly little things like parking. I have, a, I'm, I'm, I'm fortunate. I'm very thankful that I have the opportunity to have a boat. I bring it up. I have a space to park it. I can't do that at a hotel, typically speaking. Mm -hmm. I know that you have and three, three dogs, dogs right? and most hotels do not allow that, whereas mm -hmm. Airbnbs do. Again, these are mm -hmm. things that you know, I'm fortunate to have, fortunate to have the opportunity, but I'm thinking not even just that one thing, boom. Uh, the messages that I received in the last couple of days about people who, who either A, this was their retirement opportunity that they were transitioning to, or, or family, and or are concerned for their tourism livelihood. People who are working in tourism, whether it's restaurants, sales, these type of things are, are asking themselves a question and say, hey, tourism was already down. What is my life gonna look like next year if and when this happens? So it seems like the impact could be much mm -hmm. wider, although not guaranteed, it could be much wider than what we initially anticipated. And impact in the wrong direction, right? The province is being aggressive. They're really focused on affordable housing. And it sounds like, I mean, what what our housing um, minister said, like they're pulling every lever possible and there's more to come. I'm sure we're going to see more challenges and measurement. You know what he said in the press conference, I think it was during the Q&A. They said, you know, how will you measure this and, and how many do you think will go back to the long term market? And he was like, well, one is better or some is better than none. I was like, you don't even have a 
have a marker for this, which is very disappointing. Whereas we're, we're going to see the impacts in our economy. I think about, and I don't want to, you know, poke at hotels, but they pay what, 15, $20 an hour to their service staff. And we're paying 45. We're actually able to contribute to covering people's living costs like their livelihood with three times the wages that we're able to provide as short-term rentals. Plus when people come and they're saving money on accommodations because hotels can be quite expensive, then they have more money to spend on services and restaurants. I've watched here locally, the service providers like wine tour companies explode because there's just more um, expendable income with these, with this tourism. Mm -hmm. So for sure, if we take that away and we funnel that into high accommodations for a very small amount of space, it's we're going to see the impact there and we're not going to see an impact. on. Okay, so tell me uh, what's happening. You guys are going to go and, and have an open conversation here towards the end of next week, I think you said, or this week. Um, okay. Are you telling the owners that you're talking to right now, what's the feedback that you're providing them? I'm super optimistic. I I feel, and not to toot like hiring a property manager, I think unfortunately the little mom pot operations may suffer. This is my business. This is my livelihood. Again, I told you I was in this for the long run. I will find a solution um, for each one of my owners. Do I think some of them may need to pivot? Absolutely. I mean, with the interest rates, a lot of them are on variable mortgages. People are hurting right now. So I'm telling everyone, calm keep calm. I will find a way. I'll keep everybody informed. And for the, I do think there needs to be a little bit of a purge on the number of short-term rentals out there. Absolutely. Our market, you know, at the peak of the summer, we're at 40% occupancy in July for Kelowna when we should have been, you know, globally within Kelowna at 80. So there is a little too much inventory on the market and there's more to come. Again, another 467 coming in summer mm. of 2024. But yeah, my owner's I don't, some of them are panicking a, a bit, but I, I do feel like the city is going to play ball. I mean, we have some of these buildings were built, like they have resort mm -hmm. in their name. Uh, they were built intentionally for that. I think it's just going to take them time in order to figure out how to, like rezoning areas isn't, you can't just sign a piece of paper. We'll also have an opportunity. We, I think on a Monday, they may be sitting down to review some of our local uh, regulations that they're looking at doing an edit on. And that conversation again, isn't quick. There'll be a few revisions. They'll have to go to um, like a public hearing. Right. So just okay. And so we know what you're going to be doing right now. So what is it that you think that uh, people do that may, well, let me ask this question differently. What do you think people will do? Perhaps not the ones that are talking to you. What do you think is going to happen? Oof, that's a good one. That's a great question. I mean, a lot of people, I don't think they can really list at the moment, especially for these like 15 buildings. I, I also bought one. I think I paid probably $200,000 more than what a two bed, two bath condo was worth for the right to short-term rent. Um, so to really have the option of selling for me, what really, really focused on because there's just, it's missing in this marketplace is the corporate and executive housing. You can still get quite, uh, a decent rent above long-term um, without the hassle and they're serviced, you know, bi-weekly at minimum because, you know, they want to take care of their employees. So I would suggest that I would also, I don't know what everyone's going to do, but I would suggest that if you can get licensed now, we still have seven months while we're operating in, 
in those particular uh, zoned addresses, you have seven months, get licensed. Don't be one of those illegal Airbnbs that they're targeting. I've seen in other markets, um, for example, Florence just announced, um, Florence, Italy, they won't be giving out any new licenses. Um, and then they've incentivized owners who have short-term rentals with three years of tax breaks to convert their short-term to long-term, which I think is a great idea. Um, more of an incentive versus a penalty. I don't know why we're always being penalized with taxes and punished and threatened versus incentivized. Um, so I thought that was really wise, uh, which which makes me recommend that people go out and get licensed at the mm -hmm. very minimum. That's a good reference. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so we don't know how people are going to respond at this time right now. But what I'm hearing from you is don't necessarily go and just try and sell it tomorrow. Uh, consider getting a license in place, assuming you can. Um, consider executive style rentals if it makes sense, um, or perhaps long term, uh, if. I assume if that makes sense for you as well. And and you anticipate that's how many people react or do you, do you anticipate that you're going to see a lot of emotion and people sell off? What are your thoughts in terms of anticipation? I felt like there would probably be a sell-off anyways. Um, winter's always slow. There's a lot of, I mean, people with money and the psychology behind it. When things slow down and they're not getting those big checks that they were in the summer, they don't necessarily look at their, the macro Mm -hmm. of the year they're focused on every month what the income looks like so i think a lot of people were thinking about it anyways with the interest rates so i that might have tipped people over the edge i know i've certainly considered it my mortgage is coming up for a renewal in the summer on that particular condo and i'm like maybe i'll take my money somewhere else maybe i'll go to a market like tulum is blowing up i'm really looking at that market because i love the vacation rental yeah. space yeah i love it and yeah. um Right now, we're not very investor friendly, and I don't know who can buy these houses. Like, and who's going to rent them at those costs that it costs to carry these properties? So, I, this is not a solution. Selling off these properties, we're not bringing the values down Got that it. much. So, really interesting stuff, Dina. Yeah. Thank you so much for taking the time. This is awesome, and I'm Thanks excited to hear uh, where you. things go over the next three six months and where your business adapts. I mean, change is always an opportunity. Maybe not the opportunity that we were hoping for or we were expecting, but there's going to be some type of business or some type of industry that comes out of this. So uh, if anybody wants to follow you, we're going to tag up your Instagram uh, so they can get out. And uh, thank you. Thanks for having cool. me. Cool. Thank you so much. That was really good stuff. That was an unreal episode of The Flow. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did on my side right here. If you haven't already done so, make sure to check out all of the incredible resources that we have available. You can find us on Instagram at Flow Mortgage Co. You can find us on our website, getflowmortgage.ca. And of course, don't forget our free first time home buyer masterclass that's currently available on our website for anyone who listens to the episodes. And if you loved what you listened here today, the only thing that we ask for is to share this with someone else that you think this could help. And hey, maybe leave us a great review online.